Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Kika. I have Udom in the building. Yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> a bruise, I'm here. <laughs> welcome, welcome Udom. So a brief background, like I, I've known Udom for like six years now. So we're like former colleagues. Yeah. Now Udom is also doing great things. <laughs> by trying. <laughs> <laughs> so so today's, today's podcast is going to be like expansive, you know. So we're gonna like take the timeline back because mm-hmm. the previous podcast we always had or the family will focus on looking from when you have children or yeah. whatever. So on today's podcast, I want us to like take it back to before there was children, before there was marriage mm. to you. So let's just like cover some of that timeline. So like I think I I've, I've known you from. Singlehood, yes. singlehood to <laughs> husband to father. Exactly. So if you if you sort of like to describe, like those three phases in your life, I and, and like uh, you are familiar with phase transition now as an engineer. So like, from being single to being a husband to being a father. So like, what is the difference? Ah, man, bro, that's that's complex, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um. Life as a single person was easier. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> you could you could take risks and damn the consequences. Yeah, you can you can recover and not be indebted to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you have a girlfriend, uh, the risk minimizes sure. because then when you make a decision, you have to consider the other person. I'll give you an example. An example. So when I dated uh, my wife, newly, uh, I had a job opportunity in Abuja, so I traveled all the way down. And then I had this great interview with a company called um, is it One Energy. They had recently won a power plant project in Abuja, and they published it in the papers. So I, I just I saw it in the dailies, and I just emailed the company randomly. I was like, hey guys, ah, uh, congratulations on your award of um, a 500 megawatt coal power plant in Enugu. I mean, but this is who I am. This is what I do in case you start recruiting for these positions. I'm available. Nice. And two days later, I got a call from the same company. Hey, Mr. Udom, we got your email. How did you know about this? I said, ah, it's in the dailies. They said, wow, okay, that the MD is really impressive. He really wants to meet you. I said, what the hell? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so I flew to Abuja. They paid for it, put me in a hotel. And then the next day, I went to their, their company for a short meeting and a presentation. And after all the rag matters, the MD was first impressed that, okay, I, yeah, you're coming from Cranfield. What's happening? <laughs> so, okay, I can understand why you had to say things like that. But anyways, how far? So we discussed and then he offered me good money at that time. But then I said, okay, that I was going to think about it. So I came back to PH and I was like, ah, I just met this baby. And I'm already, <laughs> I was already in the feeling mood. Usually, before my wife, my, my, my wife, I usually do mostly non-commitment relationship. Yeah. That way, I'm not. We're not tied down. You're yeah. not then tied to to anything. So we're just friends with benefit. Let me use that word. Okay. So, but when I met her, things changed, and I realized that okay, this is the person I want to be with. So when I came back, I told her about the interview and about the job, and she was like, "Oh, are you going to take it?" I was like, "I'm going to think about it." That the MD gave me two weeks to think about it. So extensively, I thought about it for two weeks, and I was like, "What the hell." The job can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one that I'm like, liking this babe like this, let me chill and you know and see what comes out of it. So I turned it down. Wow. Yes, it was that, it was that deep. I turned it down. And then the relationship goes on and on. And uh, um, at some point, I realized she was the one. Okay. So then I used to have, you know, 
the other beeps I still have, we still talk from time yeah, to time. Yeah, yeah. So one of those days, she took my phone and uh, she saw some very interesting conversations. <laughs> yes, I, I was I was in a dicey position. So, but then she 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 had her mind, and I realized that okay, I mean, come on. In as much as you know, I'm all yeah. this person. This is the person I want to be with. So I took my chance. I apologized. I made it clear that okay, don't worry. These things will end in time. <laughs> so, but then the the in, in three, four to four months of dating her, I knew I was gonna get married. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was that. It was that serious. So that that was how I transitioned from singlehood to committed boyfriend, Oof. and then bam, to a husband oh, in twenty seventeen. You know, <laughs> he paid me a day. No, 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 no. So your 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 um wedding gift uh, on the video was more than enough. <laughs> so I mean, I saw I saw all you guys, you Martins, Daffy, Prince Will, you know, the whole team. <clears throat> it was it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I'm a husband and a dad. No, the husband first. Ah, as a husband. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so when we got married, uh, I think I stayed in PA for a while, and then we decided to move to Lagos. Uh, so we put all the cards on the table. You know, what, what is our plan? We actually did plan that for the first two years of the marriage, there wouldn't be a child. Sure, okay. I mean, that was our consensus. So <clears throat> everything was going on well until, um, I think, seven or eight months into the marriage. Ooh. Yes. But as a husband, just me and my wife, it was it was exciting. I mean, we did we did stuff together. You know, there was no there was no gender specific role. Yeah. You know, I could wake up today and decide to cook in the meal and eat, and then if I finish eating, I carry my plate, go to the kitchen, and I wash, wash it. it. And uh, you know, I can, I go to the market even till today. If she's not in the mood and she can't go, I go. You know, so we don't we don't we don't have spelled out responsibility. I mean. She comes back from work, I come back from work, we're both tired. Mm -hmm. If she can afford to enter the kitchen and cook, then I can afford to carry my plate after eating and wash. wash. <laughs> you know? So it was, it was like that. And, you know, we, we had no problems. And it was, it was exciting, honestly, to be specific. Yeah, it was really an exciting phase. Yeah, but, but, but when you say we had no problems, like, I don't know. I just feel like if you have two people... Like because before you guys met, you guys have lived twenty some or thirty something years apart. Yes. Like you've had your background, different background. So there'll always be that conflict point. Like you'd always have conflict resolution. No, 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 no. So like no those, 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 those are peculiar. But when I when I have we have no problem was um, just speaking generically. Okay. But um, in terms of real situation, I mean there are always the issues. True. Sure. So the, um, there are points maybe how I drop my shirt when I come back from work. Oh yeah. Or. <laughs> How she drops her shoe when she comes back from work. Normally, I'm this type of person that if you come back from work, you should keep your shoe right where you pick it from. Yeah. You know, in the morning. Uh, but my wife has has had this habit that the shoe you wore out. Come on, you shouldn't you shouldn't go past the first two house of your house. So you drop yeah. it downstairs. So she comes back and she drops her shoe down there, and I be like, what the hell? How many times have we agreed that this is? I mean, sometimes it leads to serious altercations. You know, we. We, 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 it goes that deep. Um, then there are other stuff like, okay, for me, women and hair. 
move everywhere. Now. Yes. So you see the hairs all over the place, and I be like, oh my god, what <laughs> is this? What I'm going to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> but over over time, yeah, listening to other people and understanding that, come on, man, this is going to be on for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I sort of condition my mind that okay, bros, you can you can live with these things. Yeah, so these days, I mean. When I see them, you see that I pack it, I walk past it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, since the, the situations is like that, but there are there are real issues. Yeah. Your the ability for you to see the issues as they are and not um, generalize it mm-hmm. helps you deal with the problem. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what you just said, what you just said is key. Like when you see the issues for what they are, and you're not you're just generalizing, it helps. Because like sometimes yeah, like I feel like in my experience with being in a couple of relationships and and all that and planning to get married and stuff is that like most times the conflicts are not necessarily from big problems. No, they're not. They're accumulation of small small yes, problems that you talk about actually, and yes. compounds. Yes. So like right. what you just said, like not generalizing. So if this is about the shoe was here. Okay, it's the issue that was there. Yes. Let's address it. Address okay, it. Let's address that. Exactly. So don't 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 bring in other other issues. Uh-huh. Address the shoe problem and move past it. You know. So it's um it's 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 crazy. And then another another issue is family. Mm. Your family, her family, they're two different things. Oof. If you if you crossbreed them or you compare them, uh, you're in deep shit. <laughs> so you are you're in deep shit. So as as much as possible, if your wife can trust you to maybe tell you some things in her family, mm-hmm. don't ever, in the history of your quarrel, you know, raise that issue. Reference. Say for instance, you mentioned okay, um, my brother doesn't like going to school, for example. Okay. Yeah, and then maybe two days later, you guys are quarrelling, and you say, ah, you think my family is like a family? Yeah, nobody in your house. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you will be shocked. Yeah, it is it, it, it's small things like this that that um, brings about um, distrust. True. You know, and uh, people start keeping things away from yeah. you because they know that if I tell you my problem, Maybe. you you throw it in my face yeah. another day. Mm. Yeah. So you 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 respect her family. She respects yours. If she tells you something about her family, you feel the empathy, and then you let it die there. Yeah. If you are if you are if you are if you are okay to share whatever happens in your own family with her, she does the same thing. Yeah. And generally we women are more um um what what do I use now? They are more um, emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the sense that they process whatever they have to say first. We will just say things as they are. Mm-hmm. But women process the emotional side of it. Check um maybe how you are going to feel sometimes before saying certain things, especially when it relates to family and yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for we men, we just throw it out there and we move on. Yeah. Mm. So as much as possible, we try to avoid that. But confrontations are normal. Uh, okay. But it is your ability for us to resolve them without going into the next day or the next week. Yeah. Resolve the issue as they are. Don't, don't, don't keep it for too long. Fix it as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. Like, I've always been for open like, I. I I like I tend to so let's let's about communicate. Exactly. You know, just tell me like wait me the problem. Like, mm-hmm. what's it? Let's talk about it. Address it. I just because I feel I, like in my experience like most of when you address those things, like they sort of like it solves itself. 
because either, either one party wants to be heard yeah. or they are being neglected and sometimes like when and and it's not just talking like having like open honest conversation true he's not talking from a place of ego yeah or yeah i'm trying i'm trying i'm the man she mm-hmm. should listen or i'm the woman he should you know, like in place of zero ego like we're just two people trying to make this thing work yeah so just communicate like how do you how does this thing make, like also and computer like, you're also listening so she's not just talking and you're like mm, when she talk finish no could go no could rest exactly but it's like you're actually interested in what is causing this conflict yeah. because like I, I believe that if you are going to get married to somebody and you want to start a family with the person, it should be somebody you genuinely care about. True. And if somebody you genuinely care about is in hurt, is hurting, I don't know, I don't see how you can just No, you can't ignore it. You can you, you, you you have to show consent and try to understand what are the major cause of this, you yeah. know, um hurt. But yeah, as 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 a husband it um, is crucial. Yeah, your your wife is like your first support system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you are not able to have this relationship with your wife where you can be comfortable around her to tell her stuff or listen to her own problem and then try to adjust whatever problems you have yeah. to suit her own um, happiness. Yeah. yeah, because if your wife is happy, bros, I'm telling you, you're happy. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you ever come back home to um, an angry wife? No, I've no more. Okay, <laughs> it's, not, it's not something you want to experience. I mean, you wouldn't want to go home. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, if you see if you see guys who close from work and they don't go home on time and they wait till like twelve midnight, yeah. I mean, it's not because they don't want to go home. True, it's because there are issues that they don't want to confront. Yeah, so as much as possible, make your wife happy. If she's happy, you're happy, and in that in that happiness, you uh, you should be willing to sacrifice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some of your um, altered ego yeah, or exactly. some of your requirements. Yeah. Which in most cases sometimes are very petty. Mm-hmm. True. So True. that 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 is also, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. I I still agree with you because sometimes I've done some like introspection and like even not just in the relationship sense, even at work or like friends or something. I, I can't realize that sometimes when we are having conflict, like ninety percent of the time, is a conflict of image, like mm. how I want to be perceived. Yes. Okay, so this person does this to me because I don't want person to take me for granted or I treat person trying to insult me. I want to reinforce like the mental <laughs> image of myself. Yes. That person that like, it, it, it generates into conflict. So I'm thinking of marriages. Like if you don't start early to address it, it compounds. True. Then you probably get to point where five years, ten years on the marriage, you get like two total strangers. Like, ah, honestly mm-hmm. speaking, they're like two different people. You just cohabiting. And you're cohabiting because so you have children. Yeah. So at this point, nobody wants to leave yeah. because okay, if I leave X Y Z, you know, yeah, exactly. and all of that. True. You're so, absolutely. So, correct. so that's why I feel like that. That's for me. That's like the reason for this podcast because, like, sometimes uh, these things, uh, like, it's not like subconsciously. Like most of us that were of a conscious at the conscious level and mm-hmm. stuff. All right. But when the situation arises, it might be difficult to to apply. Because the problem of ego is deep. Hmm. It's, it's deep. deep. It's and not a lot of people have gone through the process where they have like an ego death. Yeah. Where you've like killed your ego. And like it takes a lot, like it takes a lot mm-hmm. for you to get to that point in your life where you've killed like you carry your ego like smash smash it and then <laughs> I'm telling you, like it takes a lot. Like until you get to that point, you always have sense we call it oh personal pride, like you need to have self pride. Mm. You know, so yeah, like it's. I think it's 
it's crucial that resolving conflict, like if you do from a place of zero ego, yeah. like you're better. But then again, not a lot of people will do. Then again, you still see um, families with issues yeah. and stuff. So like, I feel like talking more about this, like having conversations like this, they're like honest-hearted people out there yeah. that they actually want things to work. Exactly. And when they listen to other people's experience, or other people's perspectives, it actually yeah. help helps them. them. And and when and if and if that. If that helps, like since I started this podcast, like I've heard a couple of people that listen and tell me, oh, this thing from this episode helped me. Like I did one with like a child health expert, like a couple of, there are three episodes or so ago. Mm. Yeah, like recently somebody walked up to me, I talked about this thing on your podcast that, oh, I know a family that has this thing, can you contact? And I link them up. Mm. And so like, like most times it's just talk. But people actually, it's just because people actually go yeah. through things like this. Indeed, indeed. Like, actually, so when they do this thing, so that's why for me, let's just talk as honest as possible because yeah. the goal is just to help somebody out there. Like you don't yeah. know who might be listening. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. you can just you can just help them. Honestly. So I I was gonna ask, you know, so you you see you made mention of um, like gender specific roles between you and your wife and mm. stuff. So. Like I, I like you talk more about that because like I feel that a lot of people are trying to apply that in their relationship, and that is coming from the backdrop. Like we've seen the experiences of either our mothers yes. or their mothers before them, mm-hmm. the kind of relationships or marriages they are in, mm-hmm. and the kind of um, notion is created that oh the woman belongs to the kitchen yeah. and all that, and we're sort of like trying to say no. It's not that, like anybody can be yeah. in the kitchen mm-hmm. before the woman you cook at home. You wash <laughs> no, your don't, don't cook now. <laughs> you wash your place. So, so like, like for how does how does sort of like having that arrangement like how has sort of like helped you in sort of like your own specific relationship? Okay, um, let me see. If I if I go back as a child, yeah. Um, we grew up seeing our parents, you know, your mom will probably kneel down, serve your dad, Oof. give him water to wash his hands, and after he's done, he will still cross his leg and then they'll pick up the plate and the table. <laughs> I saw that too. And yeah, I mean, there's practically anybody in our generation that didn't see that, you know. <clears throat> but me partic- particularly as a child, I actually did grow up in the kitchen. Mm. I mean, I was always in the kitchen with my mom. Not because I like it, but because there were perks that comes with it. Yeah, right. You know, she's cooking, I'm helping her to taste meat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I liked being in the kitchen with my mom. And then um, it helped me become, you know, this person. I can, there's nothing I cannot cook. Mm-hmm. So in the university, my roommates were attached to it. Like I was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I if I drop it like it's hot here, yeah, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere will be, you know. <laughs> so, having having that at the back of my mind, I, I see no big deal mm-hmm. doing anything in the kitchen. Okay. So, when I got married, it wasn't like I was trying to help my wife. I was already doing this thing even before I met her. So, when when I met her, I'm sure she was probably surprised, you know, that I could... I could eat, carry my own plate, and wash them. And then maybe if any time, for some reason, I don't get to carry or I don't get to wash it, she doesn't say anything because she knows that on a normal day, it's what I do. So I'll give you an example. 
when her mom came to stay with us when we had Evergreen. I think her first week, she had to call her daughter inside <laughs> and had this chit chat. Yeah. Your husband, they carry your plate by himself. In the go kitchen, go wash hand. How? When? Yeah. Why? And she was like, Mommy, he has been doing these things way, way back. It's not a big deal. She was like, hmm. <laughs> She's serious. So, I mean, you could, you could, you could tell that the, the, the woman was, she was surprised. She was shocked. But for me, it's, it's nothing. I mean, I consider it um, a fact that as a man, you were in school. Mm-hmm. You probably had cooked. Mm-hmm. Who washed them for you? So, because you got married to someone's daughter, means you have to um, scrutinize them and abandon them in the kitchen. While you are doing what? Sitting down in the sitting room, watching TV or watching football. It makes, it makes absolutely no sense. Okay, imagine in a town like Lagos, yeah. where you, are both, you both wake up 4 a.m. in the morning. Oof. You go to the same work, you spend the same normal, normal number of hours at work, and then you join the same traffic back home. You get home maybe 10, 15 minutes apart. Right? Either you come first or she comes first. And then you see by herself, she will take a shower and then goes back to the kitchen, try to fix you dinner. You, you now come out from the bathroom and then you come to the parlor, cross your leg and you are only you watching CNN. <laughs> they, will serve you, they will serve you dinner. You will wash it. If you, if you want, they can clean your mouth. And then carry your plate and still wash it. Then maybe by the time you get back to the upper room, you still want to punch. So, I mean, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, also, I was like, I grew up in the kitchen also because we're just two, our boys. And my mom wasn't going to have any of my kids don't know how to okay. cook. Okay. So she made sure we, we both learned how to cook. So now I can cook. I don't like doing things in the kitchen. Like for me, the reason why I don't do them is because I'm lazy. Well, come on, we are all lazy. <laughs> and, my, I, I, and my motto is as the things you can outsource. Outsource it. Outsource it. <laughs> so like when I'm, when I'm in a relationship with somebody and I'm, I'm my, my girl at the moment and I, and I tell her that you don't have to cook. We can get some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean it is that flexible these days. People, no, nobody carries these things on their head anymore. And, and she, yeah? she likes to clean. And I'm like, you don't have. To you don't have, have somebody that comes. Honestly, we actually have somebody that comes. Like she comes like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Then she does like the whole intensive yeah. cleaning. Then well, we just do the maintenance because just... I know that Mio. I don't have the energy for that. Honestly. Then I wouldn't want to be hypocritical. Yeah, and just sit down somewhere. I, I cannot do. I'm not expecting subjecting someone's child to, to, to it. Do. Honestly. So like, yeah. if I come back from work, I know I cannot enter into the kitchen. So like, when we start tasting together, like, is it that either we make plans to buy food or what? while coming back? Exactly. So like, there's that 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 idea of partnership. Yeah. When this person is your partner, you want the best for the person. Yeah. And you have like fellow feelings. There's something about fellow feelings. Mm-hmm. And like you're empathetic to them and you're like like this thing no would i be able to do it yes like given the circumstances if you cannot do it then you shouldn't you shouldn't have you shouldn't be demanding yeah. then if the other person does it like you should have actually sort of like make you either appreciate them more yeah or go out of your way to show them that you really appreciate the effort before because you know how difficult it is for you honestly to do it my point exactly then they are now doing it and you now feel it's your life yeah i mean that is what a lot of people are, are used to i mean either because they see their parents doing it or yeah. for some reason i mean they get this ideology that you are the head of the family so heads of family don't do anything but get served 
yeah. <laughs> while, while they plunge the other person into um, an era of slave trade, yeah. you know. But the, 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 the point is not even about gender roles. I mean, who, who even made that thing gender roles? Exactly. Yeah. Who, who made it gender role? I mean, I used to know a couple. The wife of the man never enters the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay, joke apart, the man was a professional chef. So oh. maybe, maybe, maybe that case can be exceptional. So by all standards, he was a better cook than the wife. Mm-hmm. And he does catering as a professional. Mm-hmm. So the lady told us that since the day she got married to her husband, she doesn't know what she has in the kitchen. <laughs> and this was a marriage that was already celebrating maybe 12 years. What? Yes. The, the man does ABC. She doesn't know where the market is. You get, yeah. and we have never had the man come out one day and say, I'm the head of the family. Or, exactly, you understand? Those generals, who made go, it go, go to the market, do this. So it is, it is absolutely, it makes no sense. My point is, it makes no sense to sit down comfortably in your house while you see someone else do things that you can support them for. Oh. Yeah, so, um, okay, in my own case, we were not outsourcing anything, it was just me and my wife. So. If I if on a Saturday morning I wake up, I clean, I mop, and then she she does whatever she does in the kitchen and then prepare breakfast for us. And by the time she's done there, me I'm already have, I'm, I'm done cleaning the house, you know. And then if we are if we are to do dinner, if I can go to the market and help her buy carrots or just step out um, outside from this aboki and get one, yeah. I can do that. Or if I cannot do that, I can give my security guy some money to help us get it, you know. And these days. After Evergreen came, we had to outsource everything. Mm-hmm. But, but even at that, my wife still goes to the kitchen, does her cooking. The only thing is that, okay, now I don't get to wash plate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because most of these things are being outsourced. Yeah. So, so like, is, um, what's, what's the word? Like, I, I think what, like, uh, in, um, like in economics and all that, like, there's something called like competitive advantage mm-hmm. or like a comparative advantage where either a company or a country has the ability to sort of like produce this thing better and cheaper than the other person mm. and the other company i i try to sort of like for me i think that is the way true partnership should work mm-hmm. so like and what you said is true like who even made them gender like who assigned that this gender has yes. to do this that we are now saying gender specific roles so it still feels like we're still falling back into that mindset exactly so like it should be a case of um, comparative advantage but because of history mm because of history and how people have been brought up over the years, chances that you have that sort of like there are some roles that okay, either one person might be good at yeah. like cooking. Mm. Like most times you find out that the women are better cooks. Of course, cooks, way better. Better cooks than mm. men. So should, for me, it should be a case of the person that knows how to do this thing better should, should do, it. do it. So if it's the mopping and all those things, like you've got to be have to take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with having prior communication yeah. because everybody hates something. Yeah. Some people don't like to wash plates. True, true. I uh, know some people dislike it. It's as if you are putting them in prison. <laughs> <laughs> some people don't like to wash pots. <laughs> some people that are like, my own is I can tolerate plates, I can tolerate cloth. Honestly, but more uh, me, me, I'm scared of pots. <laughs> what? Like, like, I, the thing is, I can deal with pots because I can spend 30 minutes washing one pot. I'll just clean it five times for washing it. You know, so like those things you are good at. Mm. So, like, so, so for, for me, like most of this conversation is geared towards sort of like a family. Yeah. Because if you're better, if you're a better husband, if you're a better husband to your wife, or you're a better wife to your husband, husband. 
like you're already setting the foundation where your family is strong yeah then when you introduce children into that family it makes it easy yeah because like if we're looking to raise children and we're, we're looking to train them and all those things mm-hmm. if you don't put them in an enabling environment you'll be you'll be sort of you not bring up your children right the society will take advantage of them True. and you put them in a society where they are not either optimal or they're yeah. not bringing the best out of themselves and as long as you're alive and you're on earth you won't be happy True. you won't be happy True. so like conversation is like how can you be a better husband to your wife how can you be a better wife to your husband mm-hmm. like how can you lay that foundation so that when you have children they are seeing positive examples yeah. they are not saying oh my mother is always cooking mm. there was yeah. this there was this there was this video i saw all these short clips there was this i think it was like all this uh, that, all this arab team video okay so the small boy oh yeah so that that i saw that on instagram yeah <laughs> said, what are you people doing in my house you have kept my mother in the kitchen <laughs> since yesterday <laughs> come and go to your house <laughs> i saw that <laughs> come and go to your house you know because children they would always see yes and no matter how small they are they have feelings hmm. you'll be shocked exactly and they'll grow up saying some of all these things so like for for, for the podcasts like how can we be better for each other yeah. as, as a family such that that enabling environment for the children mm-hmm. is there so so now that we've had all the husband and single conversation now segue to the children part when you found out that your wife was pregnant what was your first thought i, I was in denial <laughs> honestly speaking i was in denial I, in short, I was in denial until she showed me the test result. What? Yes. Now, I mean, we had an agreement mm-hmm. that we were going to be, you know, chilling for the next two years. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> that has said that, ninety percent have failed. And then in seven or eight months, she was like, "Ah, babe, yeah, as if it has entered, as if it entered, who put it? Who put it there?" <laughs> <laughs> Who put it there? <laughs> Obviously, it can't be me. You know? <laughs> I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I was in denial. And uh, so when she, she she brought the test results and she showed me on it, I'll, I'll be very frank with you. Yeah. I was not ready. Oof. Mentally, physically, emotionally. emotionally, I was not prepared. I was like, come on. We had two years. <laughs> like, we had two years. How come? <laughs> No, it was it was it was serious. Yeah, I was I was actually in a state of um, how do I? I was in a dilemma, to be frank. Mm. Yeah, because I was not prepared for baby. Yeah, I I can tell you that. I mean, uh, my, my wife still says this tomorrow, that I mean, <clears throat> that she was shocked how I reacted, and I was like, yes, because we already had an agreement. <laughs> so when it happened, duh. <laughs> how do you expect me to react? But honestly, Bruno, I was I was in denial. Yeah. But you know, maybe two weeks after the testimony, I started talking to myself. I was like, hey, so you're gonna be a dad. Mm. Like for real. Yeah. And then I, I had to own up to the responsibility, you know, put myself in that uh, category and be sure that mentally I am prepared for when she comes or when he comes. So, but my first reaction was not the best of it all. <laughs> <laughs> like I, 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 I sort of understand to some extent because, like, 
having a child is on, on a whole different level. It is. So and especially like at least I've known you for a while. So especially if you're somebody that you're sort of like serious-minded and you sort of like have at the back of your mind how would you want to take care of a child Honestly. and the kind of things you want to do. So if it just comes when you are not prepared, it's a punch in the face. It was exactly my case. It was it was a big blow. And I feel like, what the hell? How did we let this happen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, oh no no no! no. It was fooling around. It was yes, it was. It was it was one of the effects of living alone. You know, living living two of you by yourself. <laughs> it was you know, we were just we were just having fun. Like the the, the fun was supposed to be on ending, and then boom, Damn. you know, it got it got disrupted. You know, but 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 in all, um, I would say that. Um, in most cases, we're actually not really prepared for what life throws at us. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes we put a timetable. I, I, okay, maybe I'll rephrase it. Having children or planning a family is not like um, planning a project. Mm-hmm. You know, in pro- even in projects, there are things that you cannot yeah. control. Yeah, how much more in family when you're dealing with human beings and you're dealing with life where there's so much uncertainties. So, I mean, we, have, we had our plans and obviously life gave us a different one yeah, yeah but in the end uh, it's it's still it's still what it is you know <laughs> yeah. and because for someone like me <clears throat> i mean i had this mental picture of what i want my child to look like mm-hmm. you know under the conditions where he or she would arrive uh, yeah. and come on these things were not even near near in place yeah I they know. were not they were not even near so i was like come on how do i start dealing with this so it it kept me in denial for for a while yeah until you know, I summoned up courage and had to accept what it was. You know that hey, you did this, so own up, <laughs> own up, own up, own up to it. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was it about you know receiving yeah. my first news of um, becoming a dad. If if was the word, if you are not actively working towards it, and especially if you had a plan that or less deferred, yes, if it comes to you unexpected, it will be a shock. You will, you will be, you will be. Because I've I've seen a couple of friends it happened to. Like real life, like we're just talking on tomorrow. Just called me, oh, more, it has happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm not even prepared. I was going to do this. What's going to this? Yes. We have this plan. This, this, this. It changes this. everything. It changes everything, Bruno. Yeah, because you are no longer thinking for you and your wife or your your spouse, which in 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 some cases can still be individualized. Yeah. Yeah, you and your spouse. Your plans can be individualized, and then you can you know make contingencies and you yeah. know arrive at the final goal. But once there is a child, Oof. it changes the whole game. Oof. It changes everything. Yeah, your your plan ceases to exist. <laughs> it becomes their plan. Yeah. Yeah, it ceases to exist. At most, yeah, your 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 further plan or your subsequent plan will still become their plan. Because whatever plan you are doing is to make sure that it affects them positively. Exactly. So whether it is um, a better job you are looking for, what are you looking <laughs> for it for? It is for them. Whether it is a PhD to give you a higher degree and connection, it is for them. So whatever you do subsequently becomes their plan. You get so if if you are married and you are not you not you don't have a baby yet and you have some things to do that is your plan, my brother, do your plan <laughs> as soon as you can. Because the moment you introduce a new Bruno or a new Dom, it becomes 
yeah. their plan. You know, like this thing you are saying, right, it played out recently. So I was having a conversation with Freeman, we were talking about something. So we decided to so we're like some about like a sovereign individual. So like one concept we're both interested in. So we I created like an Excel sheet mm-hmm. and like different steps, what is going to cost and all those things. They know what Freeman did. <laughs> He's not gonna on that same sheet, he's not gonna a new book titled Sovereign Family. <laughs> <laughs> so like this thing you just said just reminded me of that. Like man, I'm still thinking that it's, it's just me. Just me, me <laughs> the but he like once he appeared, like the idea made sense to him. But automatically, because he has a daughter, he has a wife, hmm. he's already thinking from a family's perspective. It's as simple so, as that. So the what you just said now is that once you're married, just became like he just keyed into that hmm. that you are no longer the individual part is gone. It's gone. It's gone. Not 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 gone because it is dead. I mean, you still have plans. No, but whatever plans you have will now be geared towards making their lives better. Exactly. So whether it is a new degree, a new job. Whatever it was, for you to take it, for you to look at it, you are considering, okay, my wife, my daughter, okay, if the location is different from your current location, bros, you will not even take most of the jobs. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. If it requires that you have to travel out and they are not coming along, you reject it. Or if it is too good to reject, you probably now have an arrangement, okay, madam, Mapa, make I do one year. Yeah. I could come house every two weeks or every one month. One month. You agree? You don't agree? If she <laughs> says no, Baba, yeah, yeah, you take it. <laughs> okay, don't worry. So you, you see that the moment you introduce a baby, your ideology changes. Mm. Yeah. You stop thinking about me, myself and I. Mm-hmm. Your your thought process, your actions, your doings becomes about them. Because now you are not just a father. Mm-hmm. You are responsible for someone that you produced and did not ask to be produced. To be produced. And yeah, totally totally dependent on you at least still they're like in, in civilized countries maybe when they're like 18, 18. 19 both like they are especially when they are young they're dependent on you for everything i mean it's 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 it's, it's crazy as as much as beautiful as it is it's also crazy i mean there are days i've woken up by 1 a.m 2 a.m and we had to take my daughter to the hospital yeah and I'm driving on a lonely road. Actually, I'm not seeing anybody. All I'm seeing is the clinic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, do, I'm doing like 140. Whoa. I'm not seeing anybody. If you are police or you are army, I don't give a fuck. Because why? Sorry for the language, I beg. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't care. Because why? I am responsible for someone that I'm taking to the clinic. This is 1 a.m., 2 a.m. that I'm talking about. It's not, it's not, it, happened, it happens not once, not twice. I've done this like several times. I mean, we were fine in the evening and boom, 1 a.m. My stomach is biting me. Uh, and maybe she's stooling, like, with weird combination of different stuff. Bros, you don't know what will happen, no. Baba, and these people, they are very funny style people. They are not like you, that you can take flagell and uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Cycling and you'll be okay. And boom, you land in the hospital, doctor said, okay, it's bacteria infection. And you have to connect drift and all of that. And you be like, what the hell? Somebody that I saw just in the evening were chilling. How come? When did this happen? Hmm. Yeah, you have to watch everything, what they eat. They can, they can walk around here and pick up one nonsense and put up in their mouth and boom, they are in trouble. Sure. You spend money that you did not plan for. I said, this thing, uh, this thing you just particular experience talk about, uh, I've experienced in real life. So during, during that period, during the NYC after school, I was still with my cousin. So his, his first child, one, one time like that, that, his name is Alex as a child. We're all in the house so, and we're all just 
they you know he started developing slight fever mm. and they just gave him one of all those kids yeah right or or something or something i thought it was great like around 11 12 alex started crying pain serious pain they were thinking well let's put him to bed dido the 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 1231 like this is somebody i have known to be calm and collected most of his life like at that point in time, he doesn't want to hear anything again. He'll just go straight to the hospital. Like, and the boy was in serious pain. Like serious pain. Like he was just crying uncontrollably. And like as a as a father, like the mother was just confused because they've tried everything they could do in the house. They don't know. He was just lost. Bro. Mm. We just drove to the hospital. I was in the car, I was carrying him. Like we just drove to the hospital very fast. Like this morning, we just entered and it was also an infection. It, it, uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's, 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 it's a funny thing. Yeah, children, mm-hmm. children are just in the world of their home. Yeah, there is, there is nothing you would do as a father, no matter how um, strong-hearted you are. If that child starts to cry, maybe the cry starts from gear one. Uh, uh, you be doing what is wrong with you? Uh, you enter gear two, gear three. If you are driving, but by sometimes you can have accident. And I'm telling you, you can. There are there are days I have driven with my daughter alone in the car, and then usually I'll strap her at the back seat. And for some reason she just starts crying. Bros, you cannot even drive again. You know, it's that you're driving and you want to scratch somebody because you're trying to understand what's what is wrong with the fellow. And in most cases, you have to pack. And at that point, the cry was just because they want they want you to carry them, <laughs> and they just stand in front. You've not. I have driven with my daughter in front of the steering, from Lekki to the house. Why? Because if I put her on the seat belt or put her in, at the back seat, this girl will cry. And this is the kind of cry that will make you ram into a trailer. If you hear the sound, so. You just, I will just be, I will, I'm driving and the whole, everybody in Lagos is looking at me because I'm carrying a baby in front and I'm driving. Mm. And the, the person I'm carrying is just smiling and, <laughs> and, and chilling. Yeah. But people don't understand that, okay, oh, this, is, this is what you have been through. But it just, it just goes to show that, man, you are, you are 200% reliant on you. You have, you have no control for whatever they throw at you. You just have to accept it. I'm and then find a way to fix it. You know, like as we're having this conversation, one thing that is occurring to me is that, like as a young, like I'm still very, I'm still single, I'm not married yet. So, like, there's this. Even if you have a girlfriend or somebody you commit a serious relationship with, but like, there's this total control you seem to have over a situation. Yes. So Indeed. because everything is most likely you're responding, yet you might get to a point where it's not hundred percent. We get to a point where it's out of your control and all that. But when you become married, especially if you are committed to the marriage and you want it to work, and it's more of a partnership to you mm. than the master-slave relationship, like once you're committed to someone as a partner, you lose control. Yeah. Because it's no longer about you, it's no longer about your it's no longer about your preference. Yeah. It's about how you can balance both. Yes. Exactly. Then when you have a child, hmm. then the control you don't lose. You don't. It, dis- it disappears. It disappears. So yeah. like as you go down, you lose less control. And 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 for okay, I can as I can speak for myself. 
like and from my experiences the less control you have the more confused you become true except you've gotten to the point where not everybody gets there where you've sort of acclimatized you're able to work on that situation of less control and you're either good at delegating mm. and your ego is no longer in play for the most yeah. part it's dead already exactly so when you know your child has a problem you know that you have a doctor and you yeah. have support systems that you can trust true so you have like a good hospital you know that okay this doctor knows what they want yeah. like, you tell me what to do and all that if this is going on i ask my wife okay honey this is what do we do you no, know it's, so it's, 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 it's a whole it's a whole lot man honestly I mean, <clears throat> I, I came to appreciate, you know, the sacrifice that parents mm-hmm. have done for their children. So in 2020, during the peak of the COVID, yeah. you know, most of the work were from home. So then I was working from home, but for some reason, I think my wife, they were still going to work. But I was still working from home. Yeah. So my daughter was at home. We had no nanny. We had nobody staying with us. It was just me, my wife, and my daughter. Then I think she was less than, she was just a year old, I think, a year plus. So I was, I was stuck with a baby at home for three months. Oof. Yeah. For three months, me and my daughter were home alone. <laughs> home alone so, by seven. Until, of course, the mom gets back in the oh, evening yeah. by 7.30ish. So I will wake up, I will beat her. Then whatever it is that I have to do in between, I will do. Then I'll have to play with her the whole day, give her lunch. We'll play again, maybe try and make her sleep. And then of course, she will design her pampas and I'll be responsible for that. So for three good months, three good months, day and night. Stay at home, dad. Yes, I was still at home, dad. And there was nothing I did not see. Uh, there was nothing I did not see. Yeah, but he afforded me the chance to understand the sacrifices that people make. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I wake up, I probably have to, you know, if I have to clean the house, I probably just have to do that mm-hmm. while she's still sleeping. And while she's still sleeping, I'll be planning to boil water so that when she wakes up, she'll take a bath and then I'll come feed her breakfast. Meaning I have to do either pack or custard or baby food, whatever. Yeah. They taught me how to do all that. I did, I did that for three months. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's still shocking to me how I survived. You <laughs> <laughs> we have a capacity to survive that. We honestly, don't know honestly, it, when I think about it, I feel like, wait, how did I survive three months with this child? Yeah, every I'm scared day, of babies. Every day I survived three months. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you there's nothing you do that is right. You just be like, I, I can strangle you. <laughs> you know. But then sometimes you just look at their cute face and you be like, oh well, don't worry, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. But in 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 reality, um, we have to give credit to our parents. They did go through a lot for us. Yeah. You know, they've done a lot of sacrifices, and uh, it's just been three years since I've been a dad, and I can tell you, it's not it's not an easy job. No, it's not. Yeah, you have to be deliberate about it. <clears throat> yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Like what? What? One thing I'm realizing is, like as I'm as I'm growing older, as I'm taking more responsibilities, I'm beginning to understand the actions of you know, like when I was younger and I see like you know my cousins or father you do something, like from a young man's perspective that is unencumbered, that has little responsibility, 
I tend to question it a lot. Mm. You know, a white person do like this, or why did you do this? Because I've done this, I've done that. But as I grow older, and I'm sort of like living those kind of scenarios, maybe not the exact, like close approximations yeah. and all that, I can begin to understand, okay, what would have made this person make decisions like this? Mm. Uh, and, and it sort of like, it helps. Like, it's, it's, it's not like I'm, personally, I'm, I'm sort of afraid of babies. <laughs> because they are so fragile. They are, they are very frail. Yeah, very and I don't know how to deal. Yeah, very true. Like I, I went to, I went to Teslim's house like recently. Mm. Since he gave birth, I haven't gone. Oh, Battle oh. me. <laughs> so, so I went, I went, and the baby, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like she's very tiny. I don't know she, but you know she's big, oh. But for some strange reason, <laughs> I was just afraid to carry it, bro. And you know, sometimes the man never wants you to cry, you start crying. Yeah. And everybody has fear of rejection. <laughs> true, true, true. So, and there's that. And like, especially for the smaller ones. Mm. When they're like small, I don't know. I, mm, I struggle. Like, if I carry a child, like, I can't baby. move. Yeah, I see the baby will fall. I, the, place, the way you put the child, you take me whole child. Until you collect that child, that's the way I'm <laughs> You know? And like, a friend of mine, I think it was a friend that was saying that. Like, they look. Um, fri- uh, fragile, but they are built rugged. Yes, they are. They are quite rugged. Quite rugged. Yeah. I mean, so like, and I'm gonna like to explore. Like, so like, what was what was the journey like for you when your wife became pregnant? Like, okay, yeah, you found that she was pregnant. The shock. So, what was the journey like when she became pregnant from the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester? Oh boy! Hmm. And all the changing food tastes. Ah, no, it was. It was. It was. It was weird. For my wife, somehow, uh, I think her pregnancy was peculiar. Uh, at first trimester, I mean, lucky for me, I didn't have all this throw up and the saliva thing. Uh, I mean, she was just, she was just rocking it. But then she had to chew lots of ginger and garlic to overcome the urge to throw up. So it, it wasn't bad, and I, I did not. Luckily, I didn't have these midnight cravings. Oh, Where she woke up that she wants burnt burnt egusi and roasted <laughs> roasted beans. No, I didn't. I didn't experience that. <laughs> you are lucky. Let- I was I was lucky. I was lucky. It wasn't it wasn't so complex, but I had to stop using fragrances in the house. Oh. Yeah, there was there was absolutely no fragrance in the house. So what I do is that I just put the cologne in my bag. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. On my way to work, I dash myself. <laughs> but in the house, we actually removed everything. Even air fresheners, we removed them. Yeah, it was that. It was that bad. We removed everything. Then she she ate a lot of spicy food. Mm. A lot of spicy food. So most most of the food, I was not able to deal. Yeah, she made them so peppery. I think it was helping her for some reason. Um, and then occasionally she will, you know, take some gin. And just spice up her system. Like, okay, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he's doing you, but <laughs> I would imagine that the alcohol is not allowed, <laughs> you know. But I mean, you never can tell with pregnant women, there's a lot of things that goes through their mind. Yeah. I saw something weird recently a friend of mine, she's pregnant, like a family friend, mm. and all that. She did, she, she cooked in the room, then she microwaved pepper soup. <laughs> and she bought the pepper soup and she added extra pepper like fresh pepper yes, no. fresh pepper mm. into the nose where she was cooking it holy jesus then I added pepper soup 
was shocked. Hmm. At that point, that's, 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 that's what she needs. She said she just wanted something hot. Something hot, something that is as if it is going to burn their throat. That is what they want at that moment. And for some reason, it helps them. You know, my, my neighbor is pregnant now. And she doesn't enter the kitchen. The husband that doesn't know how to cook is the one now that is cooking. He probably just cooks for himself, not for the wife. But if she's if he's cooking in the house, the wife will either step outside, so she can't deal with any any aroma or so forth. For different people, there are different um, situations. But I mean, and there are, there are, I also heard that you know pregnancy has its peculiarities. But in my own case, I I would say I was lucky. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go through all those drama. I didn't get to experience those um, um midnight cravings and all of that. It was it was it was quite um a smooth ride for me, I would say. Yeah, I was I was lucky. I'd say that. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I was lucky. I mean, I still during pregnancy, I, I don't think I was. My wife was still cooking. Yeah, we had nobody staying with us. It was just me. It was I think um two weeks close to uh expected delivery day. Okay. That was when the mother showed up. Oh. Yeah. But the whole while we were together doing our stops, you know. Oh that's uh, mm. lucky man. Yeah it was it was it was that's why I said we were quite lucky. We did so, not have all those um, dramas. What was the experience in the hospital? Ah uh, I'd like to ask this question. Did you faint? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was I was I was strong will. <laughs> I was strong will. I fear but I mean I, I ran Okay, so I ran home first. Okay. Now, we were at home just having a normal conversation, and then she was like, ah, it's like, baby's coming. So we drove out, went to the hospital, and the doctors came, did their check, said, ah, well, it's due, but you're supposed to have her, so they induce her. Oh, okay. The moment they induce her, Jesus. This, my two fingers, yeah. they're broken. Are you serious? Till today, they're not normal. What? So I was with my wife. She held this my fingers, and these two, these two, she broke them. Woo! Till today, Bruno, I still feel the pains. Okay. The grip, the strength, yeah, and the strength. I wonder where it came from. But if I had not positioned these hands very well, she okay. would have actually broken them in pieces. Till today, I still feel, I still feel the pains. I mean, I had to run home that day. They should. They should do protective gloves. I ran, like. I ran, I ran, I ran home that day, and went back to the hospital the next day. So it was actually the next day that she gave birth. So she was, she was almost in labor for almost twenty-four hours. Oof. It was mad. It was mad. Like complete pain for the twenty-four hours. It was, it was, it was, it was mad. It was mad. At the end of the day, I think we still had, we had to do CS. Mm. Yeah, we had to do CS. I mean, and then we now, we now, we now said, okay. What was the point of all this stress? We would have, we would have done the CS since from the beginning. You will not, not pass through all these unnecessary pain. Yeah. <clears throat> but so why do people avoid CS though? I've heard a couple. I don't know. I think it's just um, societal glitch. I mean, okay. some people believe. Well, I don't know which, 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 where they come from. Anyways, where they believe that um, pushing is, is um, is it divine or spiritual? No, sir. Oh, okay. People they use the word normal beds. Yeah. Is it is it normal normal yeah normal beds and then the other one is what is it abnormal? Exactly. I think on one of the podcasts I had um Dami Adura's wife on the podcast and she talked about 
this is what I, when I heard this. And somebody say, uh, so, so for example, I told you my wife has given birth to a bouncing baby boy. And then somebody will not be stupid enough to ask me, normal. is it true normal? <laughs> is it normal? Or, so the other person says, what is abnormal? Is it for me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You say it's normal and what? <laughs> normal and what? Or some people will say vaginal or whichever. So, I mean, it's just a crazy scenario. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a societal glitch. It's a societal glitch and it's mostly common with um, Africans, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. And especially um, parents of um, the, the old. Who oh. believe that um, I don't know what I, I actually don't know what they believe. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell. But I mean, I think for what for what is what, yeah. The people who designed and were able to figure out cesarean section are like lifesavers. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because if you can imagine the number of steel beds and the number of women who have died from complications of vaginal beds. Um, most times it's actually due to either the size of the pelvics and the baby gets stuck and you probably the baby comes out dead because you probably just strangled the baby yeah. now this would have been avoided if there were caesarean sections but a lot of people don't know this and the, the sooner people realize that there is no normal and abnormal process mm-hmm. whichever one works for you I'm telling you I know, I know a woman who never tried vaginal birth she, like, she, no, had, she had three children and she gave birth to all of them through CS. She will pick a date. But I hear that I think it becomes increasingly difficult after each CS. Well, it depends. It depends on the complexity. So that's why they'll tell you, give it at least two years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, doctors, give, doctors recommend one and a half. So most people do two years and a half. And the whole process is, is healed and then you do it again and then another two years. So if you see all our children, they're like three years gap, three yeah, years well, gap. Okay. She had three of them and then she said, who, who wants to go through all of that? <laughs> and they can just help you open your stomach and move the, move yeah, the, move the baby. Yeah, I mean, it is not as easy as we say, because it also has its own, its oh, own, yeah. its own you, have to, you have to be bedridden for some time. I, I think, I, I'm, like, I'm going to, on this podcast, recommend anybody that hasn't listened to Dami's should, like, she was saying that yeah, people think oh cesarean is the easier way or you're being lazy and stuff but like it has its own pain it does it that does it's, she was saying that the pains in the cesarean section is more than it, if you have done it could vaginal. it could be I, I mean i haven't i'm not a woman i haven't done it actually had to do with um post-traumatic stress oh come on yeah, that, that that happens a lot it happens a lot i mean you you, you women can hear the baby cry and they just be like who the hell Probably yeah. one, they can want to punch the baby and all of that. Yeah. So it, it that is where the husband comes in, uh-huh. you know, try and give your wife as much support as you can. And I can imagine in Dami's case when they are living in a country where their parents are not available, yeah. so it's just two of them. It was it was it was quite dramatic. I think I started listening, but I didn't go through. Oh, okay, okay. I, I I listened to a portion of it, but I can imagine, you know, in my in our own case we had a support system. The mom was around, you know, helping her do all sorts, but. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big deal. Like in that case, first of all, you're clueless. Yes, yes. Oh come on. <laughs> the dummy. Okay, from being a woman, in that yeah. conversation and that. But they are just fresh out of the from marriage from tree. From nowhere. From nowhere, then the COVID came. It was just both of them in a new country. Man, like how they were able to pull it up. Like I still respect the two of them. Like Dami's energy is crazy. Honestly, honestly. Like I still respect the two of them too. Yeah. Honestly, I like, can imagine. The way you have support system, you can deal. 
but like like for you there was no complications at the other hospital no there was none there was none oh thank god there was none because i hear a lot of people get complications at the nigerian hospital system it's my brother <clears throat> you see this country one just has to pray and you know let god direct you and all yeah i, I mean i know of someone who had to do cs twice so for the same child but by twice is the first the child came out and they you know stitched up okay and after like a month he opened up again Ooh. so they had to stitch it back that's rough there are even people that like if, if you're not necessarily the you know like some women like if they don't like the vaginal region if it's too small they have to like yeah, they have to slice it slice it and stitch it and stitch it like some people have problems with the stitching they don't do properly so, yes now sometimes and you you just have complications from there Harsh. so it, it is that that's what we're saying that if if during diagnosis and during routine checkup they would have seen that either the pelvis is too small mm-hmm. to allow the child to come in and they would just um suggest to see us to the lady instead of subjecting them to additional um, health complications yeah, yeah but it is a system so for most women they have adopted and believed this um, ideology that um, yeah, the general birth is the best. Uh-huh, strong, but I don't know who gives that, who, who, who propounded that theory. But in any case, I mean, your, 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 your health before anything else. Yeah? You have to take care of yourself True. Yeah, and make sure that you, you deliver your baby in good health and also the baby is in top shape. So it's, 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 it's I mean, it wasn't easy, um, but luckily my mother-in-law was around, was around and help my wife support, you know, get get her back on her feet and all. I tell you, like, one thing that is just occurring to me as we're talking about the C-session and all of this thing, sorry to take us back, like, like, being, like, like, being empathetic to people is understanding that because this thing comes easy for you or came easy for you, it doesn't necessarily mean that this other person is less of a human because yeah. they went through this other way. Like, everybody has what works for them. What works for you might not work for somebody, somebody yeah. else. So when we now create that filter of stigmatization that you say, oh, normal and abnormal, or you create a sort of like a nomenclature that allows you to see the person yes. as less. Yeah. You to, know, see, to see one process as superior to the other. other. Like, that is where I, I'm like, I get on the bus. I'm like, everybody has what, if you're able to like, okay, you do the vaginal birth and you're able to push and it works for you. And there was no complication, you didn't bleed to death. Glory to God. Glory to God, like, thank you, God, go. Yeah. And when you hear somebody that, okay, based on that situation and uh, preference, decides to go to the CS, like, when you now turn your nose at them and you're, you're making them feel like that, oh, like, you know? Who, who, who even remembers the process? I mean, I'm the bottom line is, <laughs> oh my God, you have a cute baby, oh, wow, that's your child. Yeah, exactly. So, the most important thing is that the mother and the child are in good shape. Yeah, it's what nothing beats that. I'm telling you. So it's 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 uh, I don't know, but society on their own always have a way of you know downplaying one process and making the other look superstitious or whatever. Mm. But yeah, yeah. Mm. like oh, uh, to another segue, how like okay, so after you, but like like the first when you had a baby, that was the first child, right? Mm. Yeah. Still, you still the first. Yeah. So, what was the mental process when you when you got home? Because that would be a whole new experience. Like, yeah, you just come up from the hospital. Or the good thing you have a first system waiting for you in the house, and maybe you came from the hospital, but they're just handing you a fresh baby. And I'm sorry, before you respond, I'll, I'll tell you what Dami told me. And, and she was like, 
during the point where they gave birth in the hospital, the hospital staff they were taking care of the child, yada yada, doing everything. And when it was time for them to go home, then they gave them the child to go to your house. It's time for you to go home. And they were in the car for one hour. They didn't move. They were just sitting in the car. They didn't move. Like, okay, what do we do next? Damn. It was just them. And she was like, this is a newborn baby. We don't know anything. And they're giving us this baby to take care of. Like, what do we do next? And they were just sitting in the car for one hour. They were just looking. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that, that is some experience. So, like, what was your own, like, when they handed to you, you like, okay, we go home. So, first, when I, when I held the child, I still have that picture. Oh. I mean, when the nurse handed me over the baby, if you see the picture, uh, I was probably looking like a prisoner that they have given a placard. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking like a prisoner that, that was holding a placard. This is, this is a crime I committed. This is, this is my bad <laughs> number. I had, I had this look on my face that is written confusion. Oof. Yes, I, I still have the picture on my phone. It, so, so, sometimes I look at it and I be like, no, nah, this is not me. No, this is not me. I just, I, you, you just see this cheapy smile say, what is going on here? <laughs> so, I mean, she came out and she was looking all beautiful and I'd be like, what the hell? I, I, was, I wasn't sure what to do. I mean, I wasn't sure what my role was. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I was, how was going to play, um, what role I was going to play, play in all of this. But I was just available. Yeah. Toss me around. Whatever you want, I'm available. <laughs> so um, I was basically just running errands, you know, because, I mean, to even carry the baby, you have to sanitize, you yeah. have to wash. So, and most times the child is sleeping. So they just feed and then sleep. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I still, I still can remember the first three months with the baby was, um, it was an isolated case of confusion. <laughs> yeah. Isolated case of confusion? Because my, my mother-in-law will, you know, pet the child and then you see her do or suspend the child upside down. And then twist the leg and the arms and shake them. A lot of, a lot of, I'm like, so wait, assuming this woman was not around, and who, who would do all this? Assuming, yeah, just like in Dami's case. So I, I, I could already just picture their mental, the mental torture that they have been through. Yeah. But in my own case, I had, my mom was around, my mom came, um, my mom came about a month later to join my mother-in-law. And they were together, so they were taking turns to, you know, do whatever it was. After like a month, my mom left, but my mother-in-law stayed for with us for seven months. Ooh. It was it was the biggest. It was it was a game changer. Lifesaver. That, that, that's the right word. She did. She she gave us the best gift. Yeah. She sacrificed her time, her her business, Nothing and she stayed with that. us for seven months. It was amazing. Like uh, there was my my wife recovered on time. She had time to still relax and do other stuff. So when, when she, the mother was leaving, my wife had already resumed work yeah. and you know she was just enjoying That's herself. Shit, yeah. So instantly we had to start looking for crutch to dump the child. <laughs> <laughs> and lo- luckily we found one. She was seven months old when she started school. I don't understand that. There was nothing to understand. There was nobody else. I mean, yeah. 
it's it was a crazy situation i can't tell you yeah we leave we leave the house as early as um, maybe 5 45 and i drop her in school by 6 605 mm. and i head to vi me and my wife we get back home sometimes she's in school till like 7 pm this is a seven month old baby uh, there was yeah man. There was there was there was there was nothing we did not we tried everything to find um a nanny but we, good help we, could, we couldn't get and because she was still very small it was dicey to bring someone yeah that you know we just complicate the whole matter i've spoken with a couple of friends that like getting a good help is hard it is it is it is as difficult as a project oh yeah yeah it is and eventually, even if you find one, at the end of one year, they probably want to go back. Go back. So you are, you are back to square one. I, I spoke to a friend. I spoke to a friend recently, like, well, part of the hangar we're organizing and stuff, so they were supposed to come. Like, the weekend, Janani left. Tell the wife, they're just confused. Yeah. It will be. It will be. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, having to deal with the, the societal stress and then deal with the fact of managing, managing I, children, and then managing the home, managing your husband, bros. Exactly. Like, it's not easy because, for one, eh, there's family income. And things are not getting cheaper out. Cheap is not the one to increase four to three something. They do that. So, and everything is going to go up. So things are not easy. Sometimes, like, you and your wife have to work actively to be able to I support think, the home. Honestly speaking, because, I mean, you probably have to be, even ExxonMobil these days will complain. It's, it's that bad. Yeah, it is that bad. So... People, honestly, I don't, I don't even know. But the truth is, nothing, nothing is easy. Like so, some of those crash institutions and all that. Like I understand why they spring up, and you realize that okay, people like like young parents are still struggling to. And like in your case, where you're like giving it two years and it came in seven months, you know. So some of those things you would have want to set up, they're not even up yet. They're not. They are not. They've not even started working. Congress of you, you've not even concluded the plan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now the child is coming and, and once the child comes like he's just another running around on his own it, it is some people call it an asset me i see it as um, um what is it called a debit credit <laughs> bruno from the day the child comes out your expenses goes up poor you don't know how much you're going to spend on papas wipes you see those Two material for one year, if not two, you are going to sink a lot of money. Oh yeah. In wipes and pampas. Oh yeah. If you are lucky enough to have people who can give you like um, a six months supply. Um, supply, good for you. But I, if not, that is really the gift I buy. If not, I just buy packs of pampas. You will be surprised how much they are now. And those things yeah? are going up. If you know how much a pack of pampas costs now, you'll be surprised. So if you are, if you are going to see a baby, I mean, honestly, if you can get them two packs. Good for you yeah so immediately the, immediately the tide comes it is skyrocket i mean me and my wife we could barely spend hundred thousand in a month we could barely but since evergreen came luckily for us now she's about almost three years old so all of us are eating amala together we're eating gary <laughs> we're not doing all those special concessions we used to do before evergreen alone if we go shopping we'll collect one hundred and fifty thousand. We have not added, I have not bought my body spray, I have not done anything for myself. She will collect 150,000. On essentials or? Just food and maybe two pampas and maybe maybe white. Because at some point we realized that the pampas cost alone was almost like 20,000, 30,000. 
So in order for us to um, remove that cost, we had to devise a means to make her stop wearing pampas. So what we did was, since she was always at home, we wear just her panties and her normal clothing. And then, occasionally, if she has played for like an hour or two, take her to the potty, drop her there, remove the panties, and then she will be all... By the time we did that for like two, three months, she on her own, she yeah, would just, when she wants she she would just go to the potty and remove and her and pants and just, you know, so you do, do that stuff. So we did, we did, we did that immediately. And as the sooner as she does acclimatize, we will remove the cost of pampas. Whip! Man. Instantly, it was a huge relief. I don't know whose child I went to. Like, you know, a, a couple of guys, and I went to buy pampas and baby food. It was expensive. And don't tell me that these pampas I bought, man, it probably not last for one week. It will not. Because that child now, once they wee, you remove it. And sometimes they wee like five times in the day. Ah. And then if you are unlucky, the baby is now stooling. Oh. Uh, don't worry. That particular day, you use up to ten. What? So as you are using... Oh, no, 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 come on. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then, so, you now, you now look at it and say, okay, you will not want to leave your child... No, no, you cannot. No, you can't, you can't try you that. Cannot. You can't try that. I mean, like even, even deep down, your conscience will be pricking you. Like, I know how much, because, like, I think as you grow older, like, okay, before you get married, like, some things, like, people that you're, we're taking care of you, you're not taking care of them. So, I know how much, like, my parents are sort of, like, it's, like, depend on me. And, yeah. and I know how much if there's something wrong, like, it's you difficult. Out. I'll just be... Uncomfortable until it's addressed. Yes. I'm following it up. Now you imagine your child, your child that is in your house <laughs> that is crying <laughs> by your bedside. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's it, it, it's crazy. So you instantly just start bearing cost. So that is why having a baby is not just because you get married, you must produce one. Mm. It takes conscientious efforts to have a baby that you will be able to take care of. Who will be living in very good conditions and is healthy at the same time. So it is something that you have to be deliberate about. If you need time to plan and save, good. Don't just get married and then rush into the idea of bearing children. But if you already have money stacked up somewhere, that's a great idea. Lovely. But if you haven't, then it is good you take some time, make conscientious plan. Mm. Yeah, in preparation for your baby arrival. Uh, honestly, like I honestly want to do that. Like I also want to like. After marriage, like take a couple of years, maybe like a year or two, yeah. and plan for the baby to come. Honestly, that's that's what they, anybody I talk to, ninety percent had had similar plans. <laughs> no, we all had similar plans. That is why I said so. If if I was to advise my younger self now, I say, bros, you can get that. Ensure that you are preparing for the marriage. Prepare for the baby money. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think that's the first time I'm hearing that. So if. If you have some loose cash that you know, okay, maybe you want to invest it somewhere, you can invest it in the baby fund. Yeah. It's, it's, and, 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 and then the nine months period where the pregnancy transition goes on, it gives you another time to, to yeah, you know, wrap up some additional um, <laughs> like just some add to it. That, that nine months is actually <laughs> a very entry period. It is, it is. It's actually it is, very it is. As long as you don't have any other cloud hanging over your head. Okay. Yeah. So, so like one, one thing that I've like in my, I think taking stock of my life here, eh, like, I mean, what's the word? My, like, my, my risk tolerance is not good. Like, on the average single guy has high risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just very... The people that their tolerance is low, natural, that's who they are. They have very low risk, natural tolerance, risk tolerance. Like, me, my own tolerance is, is off the roof. Like, it's off the charts. So, and I'm, and I'm talking to myself that 
He's not gonna get married or have a child. He should change. He should change now. <laughs> <laughs> change now. No, 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 now you're still single, so you can you can afford to take this risk. <laughs> but the moment you get married, then you have to you have to conscientiously exactly. nip so, the risk level. And the meme, I'm thinking that. I should even wait till I get married. <laughs> like now, as I'm talking you should, to you, you should you start know. reducing it now. I should start reducing it now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I buy, I buy that idea. You know, because like one thing that I've, I've seen that is a common trend is that the more family you get, the more stability you see. Like as a young guy, if something for your apple now, food you know day, if you just walk away, your guy. Oh, wow, urgent to k day everywhere now. Wow, ah, food everywhere. But once you become like a family man, it's tough. It's not urgent to kill. It's not urgent to kill. The urgent, the urgent to will have to be from maybe somebody that is deep down. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that you can, you can. How do I say? So every everybody at some point has maybe one person or two persons. They can. That they can, they can tell things as this. It is yes, yeah. yes, yes. I can tell you how it is. Yeah. So in most cases, when, when you are a family man and you are at that level, you you probably look for just that one person. One person yeah. yeah, who you can tell. Maybe not necessarily to give you any all your to solve all your problems, but at least to help you mitigate and support you just for the interim. So everybody everybody has that, yeah. But I can tell you that it is a difficult thing to do. It is. It is. Yeah, because you are now you're looking at what the hell, yeah. I should have planned for this. Exactly. Yeah. But like with the added like with the added responsibility it comes like it comes like you know, you don't want to come up like there are people that don't care. Mm. But like like I said, like I know you for a while. You don't want to come up as irresponsible. Yes, exactly that's the word. That is the word. Yeah, bros now wow, you just you just married, but you already don't need to do like this. Exactly. You understand? Uh-huh. So you and, you and you don't want to alienate those people. No, you can't. You can't. They are they are as much as important to you as you know life itself. Exactly. They are part of your cycle. And like you, you know. have to understand that eh, if you throw your keep throwing your problems on somebody, like no matter how much they love you or they care for you, at some point you become a nuisance. Yes, no. Uh-uh. You become you become useless. Anytime somebody sees your cousin, I don't come here. Don't come here. <laughs> exactly. So like it's the one of the, it's the toughest thing to do. Like it is. It is. It is. It is. So like that's, that's that, like for me that's why like this podcast I sort of like I try to encourage like younger people like my younger brother listens to it and he sends it to his friends and they enjoy it and they're still pretty much young mm-hmm. so like I try to encourage them to listen to it because like most of us like me personally or um, most people I've spoken to like we don't think about it until we're almost there yeah true I mean I never did in my own time yeah I never did I mean as a matter of fact. I used I used to say that I'd probably get married when I was thirty five. Yeah, that was like my that was like my target plan. Yeah, and for some weird reason, you know, I met this young lady and boom. To change all your targets. She scattered everything, <laughs> like instantly. It did. It did. I mean, I'm, at home I still used to tell her, look, honestly speaking, that if I think about it now from a larger perspective. I still don't know why I came back to Nigeria from the UK. <laughs> yeah, because I had I had I had all it takes to be elsewhere. Yeah, but for some reason, Nigeria keeps dragging me back. So I think it was just you. I'm telling you. I mean that that I I keep telling her. I don't that, disagree. That 
for all the right reasons I could think of, I see no reason why I came back to Nigeria. Yeah. And it was when I came back, I met you three months after. Uh, yeah, I came back January 2014. By March of 2014, I met her. So we were just, you know, hey, hi, what's up? How are you? By towards the end of 2014, we became like serious, a uh, serious item. Okay. By 2015, 2016, I'd already proposed to be like a, a Yeah. Uh -huh. 2017, I got married. So I told I told her, look, I think for all the right reasons, it was just basically because of you I came back, because I should have been elsewhere by now. Balling like Bolangi, <laughs> but I, I'm here. <laughs> so, in in essence, yeah, it's 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 just it's just what it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we just have to keep at it. And uh, I'm telling you, so like I I I referred to younger ones, man. Um, like especially if you're somebody that your responsibility falls to for the most part. Yeah. Like some of the it's never too early to start thinking about this thing. It's never too early to start adjusting your lifestyle because. Yeah, once you, once you sort like at that independence before you get out of university mm. or you are earning your money and stuff, there's sort of like attitudes you pick up that is not conducive for like a family setting. Mm -hmm. So like your independence is it's sort of like toxic for family environment. True. Because if both of you are independent, you just be two different, yeah, two different people. Yeah. So you have to like sort of like blend and depend on each other and yeah. stuff. So and and also so your your idea of money and finance and from from my own perspective. So I don't think it's too early. So that was, that was like for also some of the effort that goes towards basically. You know? mm. Like just start early, start thinking about this. It I mean, if if we had this kind of opportunity mm. where we could listen to, you know, talks of this nature where people tell their real life stories, so, yeah. it would go a long way in helping mm. you, you know, prepare and shape your mind. Exactly. And you know, we sort of like grew up in this culture where everybody wants to project these positive image out yeah. there so like I've, I've, I've sort of like I've observed people all close like behind the scene like I see them like I know this particular I knew this couple growing up I don't know them anymore like I knew them growing up like behind the scene they're almost always cantankerous they're always fighting always wanting 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 but like if you see them in public they're like a <laughs> never believe so like there's this you know like there's this um like this self image everybody tries to project yeah. or like I'm happy I'm true everything is but everything is great it cannot be like it cannot Absolutely. be like Absolutely. when we start having open honest conversations with ourselves like it helps us to heal mm -hmm. then you also help the person to realize that okay these things are happening so before I get there like like the honest hearted people like okay so how do I sort of like avoid putting my significant order in this situation. Yeah. What are the attitudes? Do I like to party too much? Do I like to club? Mm -hmm. Do I like to drink? Do mm -hmm. I like to hang too much with the opposite sex? Do I have a terrible finance habit? Yeah. Is X Y Z? So like, how do I like make this effort so that this person I'm with, I don't overboard in the True. person. True. You know, when you know that it's not just you. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I've, I've had like a couple of problems and I've spoken with somebody and it's like, oh, okay, me self. Like just hearing somebody say me too. Mm -hmm. Like it tells you that okay, other people are going through, through this yeah, exactly. uh, a lot. And a so lot. There's a lot solution. You start asking more questions. Yeah. It will help to like shape your ideology and stuff, mm. as opposed to just bottling things <laughs> and pretending. <laughs> and pretending that everything is okay. And social media age and where people find pictures. Oh, once, uh, once you're on Instagram, everything is great. <laughs> life, life, life is perfect. <laughs> Man, that Instagram, I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, but like, like, let's have more conversations like yeah, this. I, 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 it's, it's a great, it's a great way. I mean, when you when you started it, it was it was a good idea. I mean, it still is a good idea because it will 
I mean, the few ones I've li listened to, it, it helped me understand that, yes, people go through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you would think that, okay, now your own bad past. I'm telling or you. Or now your own good past until you hear someone else's story. Yeah. And like, one thing I've noticed is that, like, talking to people, like, they don't realize how much they've been through until mm. they started talking to you. Talking about exact you. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes you're just by yourself. You know, dealing with the situation, yeah. handling, handling stuff, and just moving on with life. Exactly. You don't even reflect on it. Yeah, you don't. Like... You don't. You don't even spend time dwelling and thinking. Oh, what, what, what happened? What didn't happen? What did I do? How did I? In most, in most cases, because it is real life experience that pertains to family, um, and all. You really don't um, inculcate it into your inner mind. But if it relates to work, yeah, yeah and maybe somebody asks you during an interview. Okay, give me a situation where you had this problem. What did you do, and uh, what was the result? Instantly, you remember something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but family, family-wise, you know, we we, we we see all these things as maybe a normal way of life. Mm -hmm. It is something that we are supposed to do. Yeah. So we don't we don't take um, deliberate accountability yeah. of okay, this is what happened. This is what I did. This is how it happened. So we pay. We, we don't pay attention. Don't pay, to yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Comes, Come subconsciously, we just move on. We do it and then we move, move on. on. That that part is close. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like um, target and close. It <laughs> don't happen. We don't drum. We don't fix. You move on. Yeah. But in reality, if we take time in retrospect to look at, you know, what has happened, what we have been through, and how we have been able to manage the situations, it will go a long way in telling us that okay, we are we are we are strong. I'm telling you. I'm yeah. telling you. And like I was, I was, I was telling somebody, and like part of my, some of my like posts, I make, make my work posts have started with. Like I try to come from this place that if you realize how much impact your history has had on you, it will help you understand why you're thinking the way you are now mm. and why you make some decisions in the future. True. And once you are able to sort of like understand that process, then you can be like, wait, can I do something better? Mm. And that is the introspection. But because life is so fast-paced, mm. there's so many things coming at you at the same time, and most times you don't even take time to do all that. That's what some people like recommend, and I like the idea of trying to meditate, even if it's like 30 minutes, yes. even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's 5 minutes in a day, just your quiet time. Just think about what's happening and mm. how did you respond to things. And there's nothing like self-appraisal. Yeah. Okay, this conflict happened between me and my wife or my child. Mm. Could I have handled it better? How could I have done it yes. better? Like if you're even even if you are trying to form for somebody yeah. else, but for yourself, for yourself, that you should be able to tell yourself the truth. Because ultimately, uh, hold on. Ultimately, we just want to be happy Honestly. and at peace. True. All this grand grand is such that we are happy and we are at peace. <laughs> Madam is calling. Hey, I don't, I don't know whether she wants me to know her <laughs> Okay, I, I think this is probably how to end our podcast. Uh, so if you're listening. Just know that Udom has been called home. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've probably just been someone to ask what's happening. You know, you know okay, what we're going to do is maybe in the next episode, both of you can come if she's free. Mm. I've had just one couple special on mm. like uh, Marion and Ronald. It was fantastic. I, I loved, I loved that episode. It was like an expose, like 
it's 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 a different dialogue mm. when you talk to individuals when you talk to ah no that that would be fascinating because at least you get to hear from the horse's mouth exactly <laughs> and and, then, and at some point when they were not talking to each other yeah. and they were recollecting how you reacted what mm. you did and like the guy felt he didn't do anything but yeah. the wife was telling him on the uh, podcast yeah. that you are actually great <laughs> and I was like so like I, I should have you and your wife thank you for yeah. coming to the podcast and I appreciate this it was fantastic I, I, we've talked for like almost 90 minutes now yeah. so for those that have listened to this episode for coming this far I love you thank you for supporting it's been a lot of listening if you got to this point just call me I'll maybe send you airtime or something <laughs> <laughs> man thank you for having me Bruno I appreciate it alright guys bye bye <laughs>